Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I hope this podcast finds you happy and healthy. And well, if you're listening, that means the world didn't end on election day as many people thought it might. But <laughs> anyways, welcome back and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Periodical Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. And as always, I've got my high-spirited co-host, Tavis here. How's it going, everybody? And we are psyched to bring you another episode. So this week, we're going to be discussing the bullish natural gas markets that have been developing in recent weeks. And as always, this podcast is going to cover the content in this week's periodical that I released this past Wednesday, November the 4th. Holy cow, Tavis, it's already November. Can't believe it. Anyways, let's get into it. So the media, as well as the rare Petro Media team, has been following the global pandemic, social and political unrest, and global oil markets in recent months, as you may know. Interestingly, there's been little focus on a surging market in the fossil fuel industry, and that is natural gas. So in recent weeks, natural gas rose to prices not experienced in over a year and a half when the Henry Hub gas benchmark climbed to a 19-month high in late October. The natural gas markets, of course, are highly driven by weather, so as the temperatures plunge in the United States, it should continue to drive demand higher. With dropping temperatures heading into the winter season, the futures gas market has seen outstanding growth, all while oil prices are seeing continued depressed prices at historic lows. On October 28th, the November futures contract closed 42.6% higher than the previous month's close, and this momentum seems to be continuing for the December contract. With cold weather ahead, a historic hurricane season in full swing, and depressed oil production and soaring LNG exports, the gas futures market remains strong and will maintain its upward momentum into the foreseeable future. So as Tavis just mentioned, the futures contract for natural gas has seen spectacular growth in recent months. After posting a 25-year low of $1.43 per MMBTO on June 26th, it didn't take long for speculative traders to notice and really start jumping in. Gas then traded to a nine-month wave high at $2.47 per MMBTU on August 28th a gain of 70.2% from top to bottom in just two months in two days. Once these traders really pulled the plug in the face of this massive storage overhang, prices pulled back to a wave low of $1.79 per MMBTO on September 21st, which triggered the latest running of the bulls. Now, on October 30th, the gas benchmark Henry Hub climbed to a 19-month high at $3.39 per MMBTU as a blast of, well, winter-like temperatures that we saw here in Colorado and really the rest of the Rockies and Midwest, it fueled a surge in heating demand. Just two days later at the New York Mercantile Exchange, the November 2020 contract expired at $2.99 per MMBTU. Although it's just shy of the $3 barrier, this is a 42.6% increase in the price from the previous month's close continuing the upward push in the natural gas futures market. Luckily, the cyclic nature of the futures market is still trending upward, proven by the fact that the December 2020 contract settled at $3.29 the same day the November contract expired. The price of the 12-month strip averaging from December 2020 through November 2021 has remained elevated above $3, trading at $3.10. I know that was a lot of futures data that we just threw at you, so if you maybe got lost or just want to better understand what we're trying to talk about, go to rarepetro.com and read the periodical where Kevin has plenty of figures and insight. But back to your regularly scheduled content. So why is this? 
Well, it is that time of year again when natural gas demand picks up drastically into the winter season. It is anticipated to be a colder than usual winter, and if that is going to be the case, it should only drive natural gas prices even higher. That being said, there appear to be four reasons behind the upward trajectory of natural gas prices heading into these winter months. Those are the cold weather, associated gas production, hurricane outages, and LNG exports. While it is difficult to tell which is most responsible for upward pressure on gas prices, the combination of efforts have led to a 19-month high for the struggling natural gas market. Let's start with the obvious, cold weather. So cold weather, it means what? Warm clothes, maybe some soup. You kind of want to heat your house. And subsequently, that means peak demand and peak withdrawal season for natural gas. Back in 2019, so last winter, Henry Hub gas prices averaged just $2.10 per MMBTU from November to March, which actually fueled record winter season demand from power generators, despite having historically mild weather during the typical peak demand months of December and January. With the arrival of La Nina, colder than average temperatures are expected across the United States, which will further drive up demand. Now, over the past two years, the natural gas futures market has hit historic peaks in November. Back in 2018, that high was at $4.92 per MMBTU, and back in November of 2019, the high was $2.90 per MMBTU. As of October 2020, the prices are climbing rapidly. During those same historic peak winter months, weather-driven demand and price volatility could see single-day cash prices climb significantly higher. Particularly at hubs in the U.S. Northeast, where winter prices often climb into the $5 to $6 MMBTU range. During a record-setting cold spell in January of 2018, even benchmark Henry Hub prices climbed to over $7, up from a winter season average at just under $3 per MMBTU. While these prices do not maintain at severely elevated levels, colder weather in winter months drives up demand to heat buildings and thus drives up prices in the natural gas market. So, I mean, I, I feel like this one's fairly straightforward. You know, in the winter, especially in the Northern Hemisphere, when prices drop, people are going to want more gas to heat their homes so they can, you know, stay warm all winter. Uh, I think it also depends on the house you come from, because uh, personally, energy use didn't decrease that much more in my house, because I would go, I'm cold. And my dad would say, put on another sweatshirt. You're wearing <laughs> put shorts. On a jacket, then. Come on, put on some pants. <laughs> So, all right, let's let's continue on here. So another factor supporting this steady rise in prices in the natural gas market is the associated gas production that's come offline as a result of shut-in oil wells following COVID-driven demand destruction. Now, nearly 5 billion cubic feet per day of dry shale gas has declined across all of the basins in the U.S. Although the Marcellus region has not really decreased its overall production of gas, other regions' trajectories have fallen off significantly. So previously, operators in the Permian cared more about the revenue from oil produced, and the gas came at really more of a nuisance. Because of this logic, the economics for these shale wells were less tied to natural gas prices, which in turn hurt the natural gas market. Then, as oil prices caused production to fall, creating uneconomic wells and less drilling, associated gas production has dropped rapidly. Although still the second largest gas producing region, the upward trajectory has been decimated as a result of depressed prices in the Permian region. Without new drilling, the previous growth in gas production will be impossible unless associated gas is produced as older oil wells follow their steep declines. As a result, depressed oil prices have brought associated gas production offline, which has consequently reduced domestic gas supply. With less supply on the table and ever-growing demand into the winter season, 
prices are expected to continue to climb in the near term. I mean, that makes sense to me. If it's low in supply and people need it to eat their homes, then yeah, of course, it's just going to be less overall. It's coming at a premium. Yeah, exactly. And that Marcellus region, kind of, as we said, you know, uh, they still have maintained a, a big chunk of the pie, but because of all those oil wells that, you know, we've seen come offline in the Permian region, it's all that gas that typically is on the table. It's just not really there anymore, you know, which is bringing down supply. And if demand's going up, that means prices are going to go up too. Although less significant than associated gas production out of shale well regions, hurricane outages have also limited domestic natural gas supply. The past three major storms have had fairly substantial production influences on both oil and natural gas. So in August, Hurricane Laura forced the Gulf of Mexico operators to evacuate nearly 300 platforms and shut in more than 84% of oil production and more than half of their natural gas production. Less than a month later, another record-breaking storm, Hurricane Delta forced operators to shut in an estimated 80% of the Gulf's oil and 49% of the gas production. Just this week, Tropical Storms data forced 1.5 billion cubic feet per day of natural gas production off the market, which is more than 55% of the total gas production in the Gulf to be shut in. While significant for the region, these outages are short-lived, with platforms evacuated and production being down for less than a couple of days. The effects on overall supply are fairly minimal. Regardless, as one of the most active hurricane seasons on record continues for another month in the Gulf, further supply destruction for Mother Nature is likely. If this trend continues, it will further support the upward trajectory of natural gas prices, at least for a short while. Aside from weather-induced demand increases, the natural gas market is being largely influenced and even at times driven by liquefied natural gas demand. U.S. natural gas futures jumped over 4% at the beginning of October on forecasts of more demand over the next two weeks than previously expected due to a rise in LNG exports. Now, Demand increases are further supported through actions taken by the U.S. Department of Energy in late October that extended the terms of three long-term LNG export authorizations through 2050. Now, since the United States is among the top three global exporters of LNG, and because its export capacity is expected to increase by more than 50% by the end of 2025, this deal, it's, it's good news for U.S. Now, PetroChina, which is China's largest natural gas supplier, has also predicted that demand will double over the next 15 years, despite the effects of the pandemic and the rising importance of renewables. As a result, China's imports for LNG will likely grow 10% to new highs this year alone, as companies scoop up cheap supplies to cover the ever-increasing industrial use and robust residential demand. Even at the peak of the pandemic, China was importing LNG above 2018 levels, and as restrictions have eased with the virus really phasing out in China, more LNG will be needed from domestic producers. By continuing to export domestic energy abroad, especially to LNG-thirsty economies like China, the natural gas market is poised for a rebound. Although down significantly from their historic peak in March, the LNG market is already making a substantial comeback. Last week alone, 16 LNG vessels seven from Sabine Pass, three from Cameroon, two each from Freeport and Corpus Christi, and one each from Cove Point and Elba Island, with a combined LNG carrying capacity of 58 billion cubic feet, departed the United States, indicating a rapid shift in domestic exports according to shipping data provided by marine traffic. With economies of the world demanding more energy on a daily basis, increased LNG demand will further support the upward price movement in natural gas markets. And this makes sense to me. Like you said, PetroChina's talking about how they expect their demand to double. That doesn't seem like lip service at this point. They're building so many refineries. 
Yeah. And I mean, they're expecting that this year alone, their LNG demand is going to be up 10%. And a lot of that can come from the United States. It it doesn't necessarily have to come from other areas. So I just think that really this is is one of those tipping points where it's it, that's why we're seeing this huge upward trajectory, especially in you know the October, November, December contracts that we've seen just finishing you know forty percent higher you know each month moving forward. So the Henry Hub gas prices at already over three dollars per MMBTU, mounting concerns over low U.S. production levels fueled by hurricane-driven outages and associated gas production alongside the potential supply deliverability constraints this winter are fueling a bullish run in the futures market. On October 30th, calendar month prices for the December, January, and subsequent February contracts settled at $3.31, $3.43, and $3.38 per MMBTU respectively. Clearly, the upward momentum for natural gas is probable to continue through the cold winter months. La Nina will bring a colder than average winter to the northern hemisphere, which is going to boost demand to heat buildings and homes, especially if more and more individuals are forced to remain home due to the global pandemic. Increased global demand for LNG will further support natural gas prices as the United States continues its efforts to return to its historic LNG export peak from January, fueled by China's increasing demand needs. Although not nearly as significant as a driver as the increased demand from cold weather and LNG exports, Supply constraints from both associated gas production and hurricane outages are the cherry on top that will support natural gas prices through the winter months at a time when oil prices have continued to fall. While natural gas will likely not reach its historic highs from the mid to late 2000s, it is probable that market forces will sustain prices near the $3 per MMBTU range for at least the next quarter and possibly further into 2021. And ladies and gentlemen, that is all we've got for you for the week. Not a lot of people talking about this topic, but that's what Rare Petro likes to do. We like to analyze. We like to dive deep. And Kevin does an exceptional job. So go into rarepetro.com where you can find plenty more periodicals to read, plenty of figures. And if that's not your jam, hey, you're listening to the podcast version and we've got them for each one of those as well. So plenty of content out there. Follow us on LinkedIn. Reach out to us if you'd like to. Leave a review. Email me or Kevin at podcast at rarepetro.com. And really, we'd love to hear from you. So until we see you next time, take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.